This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you are listening to another edition of the Crowncast, and it's a post-react for our away game at Miami. And you might have thought to yourself, wow, this away game at Miami, it was really important. Charlotte could make their first ever playoffs. We should really look hot. We should feel good. And uh, if you're like me, you might have flipped a table. So uh, here to hopefully calm me down, hopefully be an element of peace in my life, is a very special guest. Uh, you know him from the CLTFC podcast. It's Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, Logan. How you doing tonight? Well, I already yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and are you? Go ahead. I was going to say, I did flip a table. I'm not a, that violent, but I definitely threw some things uh, about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yep. Uh, we are we are fresh off of this one. We are, I think it is actually within 10 minutes of the whistle blowing. So so the emotions are a little extra alive today. Uh, I am going to go ahead and ask you, do you think you're going to be like, like, a, like a peaceful mentor to me in this one? Or should I prepare to find my own Zen? Uh, I might be a peaceful mentor, but I mean, this was definitely frustrating. I don't usually get frustrated because I always feel like there's there's more to play for and there's more things. But this dwindled down and, and we just blew it. We did. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll get on to some of my some of my frustrations later. Uh, how does this feel about a, a one crown, one card apiece day? That Is that works. about right? Yeah. Yeah. So would you like to start with the, or start with the crowns? Let's start with cards. Let's start with the cards. Uh, I'm going to let you take your first card. Who is it and why is it a deal to Melanda? <laughs> can, I, can I loop in Lindsay in there? Um, I thought only, that right. You, you can only pick one player. No, I know, but I just felt like that side, like we just missed something there. We just didn't follow through. I mean, we know Melanda, you know, maybe this is some trend, uh, nervous games. You know, if you look back at the last time we played Miami, you had some nervousness it's, or appeared to be shakier when we played in the U.S. Cup, and it actually meant something a little shaky. I don't know. If I may, because I've set you up here, do you actually want to take a deal to Melanda? You feel free yeah, to take no, anyone I really, else. I really he was did. just, he, yeah. I got my notes. He was listed. Right. Yeah. He, we'll, was, we'll, he was on there. We'll do a deal to Melanda. Yeah. You know, you, you bring up the fact that that whole side didn't work. I typed in, you know, we have a, a private chat for, for the Crowncast members to to take notes on the game and discuss calls that we thought may or may not have been right. And in that that chat, I said, this is one of the first times I've seen Adilson Milanda look like a 21-year-old defender. And Obviously, he, yeah. He did. He looked like a 21-year-old defender. This is what 21-year-old defenders in big moments look like. They cost you games. And... There's a reason that when you see these William Salibas, these Adilson Melandas, and obviously those two players are not in the same category, when you see these very young, talented defenders come through and they just look like the game is easy, there's always that fear that you're going to find that point where the game is suddenly not easy for them and they snap. And today mm -hmm. was, I, I don't know if it would be underselling it to say a catastrophic failure from Adilson Melanda. It was bad. It might be the worst single performance I've seen from a Charlotte FC player this year. And it was shaky. Yeah, I don't I you know, I never want to kill a player for one performance. I'm not that type of guy. Even in my current slightly hackles up state, I'm not that type of guy. 
there are a lot of other reasons that he didn't have help. Jalen Lindsay's a much more aggressive player. He wasn't didn't have the same level of defensive assistance. Um, you're, uh, they were also uh, tracking differently, so they weren't necessarily right side, left side. They were they were more manning players up. So I know that changed some things. They, but all of that stuff is periphery, right? Right. Adilson Milanda was awful today. His passes were awful. He put no pace on the ball. He could not. He could not hit the ball in the direction he wanted to hit it. When he uh, was running backwards, he was making miscontrols and losing his man. When he was running forwards, he was running forward into the wrong spaces. It, it. He wasn't tracking players on defense. He wasn't winning headers. He wasn't winning aerial duels. This is awful from Adilson Milanda. And now that I've got all that off my chest, anything else you want to tack on to the, to his, the poor guy? Yeah. No. I mean. I think it was just more in decision-making. He he just wasn't decisive in his decision-making. And you have to be quick in those moments. Miami does this. Um, they do a press, but it's more of like a, a burst of a press. It's not like, oh, we're just pressing and pushing and pushing. It's like we wait for a moment. And, and I tweeted about this earlier. Like we wait for a moment when you get to a spot and then we're going to trap you. And then we're going to force you into something. And to me, I felt like we didn't handle that well because there's always an opening in that. You just have to read it and know when it's coming. And he especially could see the field, but it wasn't able to to put it where he needed to. And like I just felt like his decision-making was just a step too slow. And that hurts you when you're the back defender. Yeah, and something I have to call out, Josh put in the chat, and is correct. Because all of the players are going to get the benefit of the doubt for this. That field was awful. You could see from the camera perspective, the field at Miami, the pitch surface itself was awful. It was There were clumps of dirt all over the place. I can understand why balls might not have, have rolled the way you would have expected. But everybody's right. ultimately saying, everyone's ultimately playing on the same pitch, right? right. All, all 22 players are dealing with the same foundation and you have to go out and deal with it. Uh, I think that, at least as far as I'm concerned, if I go further into a deal to Melanda, it's going to become like a full breakdown. And it might not even be like an analytical breakdown. It's just going to be me having an emotional breakdown. So <laughs> you are you good? Are you good to go to the next one? Yeah, yeah. I'm torn. I'm torn on my card because I want to give it to Brant Bronico. But I also want to give it to Jalen Lindsay. Uh and the reason I'm torn is both of those people struggled in one aspect, and both of those people did really fantastic things in others. I think I am going to give it to Brant Bronico, and my reasoning is thus. We know who Brant Bronico is. Everybody else knows who Brant Bronico is. Mm -hmm. He's going to get the ball. He's going to pop up in situations. He's going to insert himself into the play. And then he's, unfortunately, a lot of the time going to run the ball into a position where he loses it. The MLS is not a league where if you lose possession, you're just dead. It's it's not. It's not that high of a league. You you usually don't get punished high up in the midfield by a player running the ball down a corridor and getting it taken off them. But Brant Bronico does it reliably. You can set your watch to it. And it's it's frustrating because it's one of those moments again in Charlotte where you can see so much good where you can see so many things that, that are creative and interesting and, and off-the-ball work and pressing and desire, and, and, and then you just see these critical flaws 
that stand out and 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 mar and and leave a black stain on what should be beautiful football right and it, and it, it frustrates me to no end i see all of the talent and all of these players and maybe i'm getting a little bit off my my diving board here but I see the brilliance in Brant Bronico. I see what's going on in his mind. And then just all of a sudden it all shuts off and he runs down a corridor and loses the ball. And you know what? You can't do that in the middle of the pitch, not in the pro leagues. Can't do it. Do you think, I mean, I'm going to challenge you here on that for a second is do you think, and I probably, I believe this, that Brant probably knows he does that too, but it's just so almost like conditioned in his play that has something he needs to, to overcome and really like study and be conscious of, of doing those things. Cause I'm sure he's aware of where he had a, like, if you ask him tonight personally, where were your strong points? Where were this? And he'll probably tell you exactly what you said. I put myself in positions where I could, didn't have any help, or I thought this was going to happen and I didn't expect whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then on the mm-hmm. other side, I, I think he was, he was really trying to have, or Latanzio probably wanted him to make sure Busquets wasn't uh, an influence. And so he was playing higher, closer to him. So maybe he had that in the back of his mind whenever he was offensive. Yeah, I, 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 there's a part of me that thinks that maybe Brent Bronico is a victim of him being a really talented footballer in the way he has grown, in the way he has become the level he is now. And that is, I feel like he looks like the kid who was always so fast and so energetic that he could just run his way out of any problem. And so that's what he learned growing up in football. He just knew that he, he was fast enough and energetic enough that he could just run his way out of any problem. And eventually he'd run far enough away. He could get his head up and, and he'd be free to solve the problem. And now he's reached this level where that just doesn't work. The other people are just as fast as you. The other people will work just as hard as you. And and he's running himself down corners. It, he had a, a rough game today from a a maintaining of possession standpoint. And it hurt us. It, it hurt us because we knew that both of these teams were going to be capable of creating danger and transition. If you listen to our uh, pre-match, uh, if you look at, listen to our look ahead for Miami, the, the, the area we pointed out was going to be down the wings and losing the ball in the midfield that would then lead to long balls over the top down the wings where they're going to have a lot of time and space. And that's exactly what killed us. It is exactly what killed us. And Brant Bronico was a huge portion of that. Huh. Okay. I also, can I, can I add something oh. to that? So I think the effectiveness of Ashley controlling the ball and controlling that midfield was diminished because of that, because yep. of that dribbling into the space that maybe they thought was there was not there. And then, Ashley's nowhere around to kind of bail them out because they're just so far from it. So we can't have that, that natural transition or change of a point of attack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you point out a really, really good point there that effectively the spaces we were losing the ball in allowed Miami to just ignore Ashley Westwood. Right. And Ash- Ashley Westwood isn't exactly a fortress in defense. He's a good defender because he's a very good footballer. But he's not Derek Jones. He's not, you know, the this thing you look at and go, we're never going to be able to get by that defensive monster, right? Mm-hmm. But he he just had no effect in defense, not because he wasn't doing his job, 
but because where we were losing the ball was too far away for him to affect. And Miami looked up and went, oh, fine, we'll just hit the ball over your head. Right. You're, you're, you're 20 yards away from me. I'll just kick the ball over you. Easy. Uh, I have, I have rolled, I, I've rolled on on this one. So I think, um, is there any, eh, I feel like there's other stuff to call out. I'm going to save it. Let's go ahead to our crowns because I think there are actually more people to talk about in this game who really showed, you know, what we want. Right. Uh, so, so let's go to them and I'll, I'll let you take the first crown. All right. Uh, this I'm giving my crown to Enzo Capetti. Yep. I thought he ball, balled up tonight. Um, we knew building in the last few games that he was, he was really, you know, almost like he was trying too hard, but also I think he let the game come to him tonight in a lot of spots. He played very well with his back to the goal. And so when he was holding off defenders, you know, a lot of times, you know, you are going to get pushed and shrugged off sometimes, but um, not as much for him. But he he did well in getting the ball and then distributing it. We just didn't have the go balls after he distributed. Um, so I don't know what the issue was there. Um, it maybe was there. Um, they're coming back to to support. But yeah, he, you know, his header, he was in the right spots on the goal, on the second goal um, for Vargas. He pulled the defender in, left it wide open. Vargas is going to hit that. Most players are going to hit that because it's just wide like that. So I just felt like overall he set the tone up there for a lot of the ways that we could get those kind of grunt goals. They weren't, you know, necessarily, you know, what we we like to see always in this fancy passing and moving around, but we had moments and he helped open some things up for, for us there. Yeah, I, I like that you call him out uh, because I think he deserves the flowers, first and foremost. I think it's a, a fantastic crown. I I liked that I saw gears today out of uh, out of Enzo Capetti, and I'll explain that by saying I don't think the best strikers are ever going full tilt. Like mm -hmm. full, uh, the best strikers reserve full tilt for like bursts of three seconds at maximum, and. Yeah. I think Enzo stopped running around so much and not necessarily in a terrible way. He was still helping his teammates. He was still there as a passing option. He was positioning himself much better as the play was building up and whether or not you can say, Hey, maybe that's a, a matter of like Carol Schroederski is normally standing in the places that Enzo would want to go position himself. So he has to change it up or whatever we want to say. The reason is he seemed to be in those places much more calmly and much earlier than we have seen him in the past. So he wasn't running to those places. He was running from those places, right? He was creating those diagonal balls. He was moving into those areas where uh, openings on the pitch would come with speed, with space, with that power we know he has. And so there were moments of calm from him that you're right, made it feel like he was letting the game come to him. And I love the way you said that because I didn't actually have a good way to say it. I was worried <laughs> I was not going to be able to express it well. Um, he he let the game come to him. And I think timing was also better with the other players in that too, because a lot of times I feel like his timing was always off from what he expected everybody else to do. Mm -hmm. And that kind of showed tonight. It absolutely did. Uh, and then, you know, he rises highest. The, the ball from Kerwin Vargas is a beautiful ball in. Uh, it's an in-swinger, which is... You know, it means the, the keeper is never really going to have first rights to it. 
he he jumps highest the the way he sets it down is beautiful and and very calm and keeper gets a palm to it but it's still not good enough uh a beautiful crown for him any any final thoughts on on enzo yeah just we've talked a lot and just everybody's kind of talked about you know is he staying is he going is he happy all that kind of thing um i think he he showed something tonight that could build on so not just for this last game but almost as if hey you know i fit with this group kind of mm-hmm. play maybe it's just the budding start of it we'll see so i want to take um a very brief moment here and i'm going to say something and then i'm going to counteract myself i'd like to reach out to the fans of charlotte fc and I'd like for everyone to to take a moment and applaud what was a good VAR check that ultimately went against Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte had the opportunity to get a, a a penalty early on in the game. It is reviewed by VAR. It's not a handball. It's absolutely not a penalty. VAR did its job. And unfortunately, the refereeing in the MLS is not good. Right, Charlotte had a, a, goal, a literal goal in one of our early in our game not too long ago where the ball was mm-hmm. across the line and they did not identify it as a goal. So I, I feel like if the MLS wants to grow and get better and have better refereeing, we need to acknowledge the times when, when things go well. And yeah. after saying that, the rest of the referee in this performance was an absolute chaotic whirlwind of destruction. But I thought he let them play a lot. I really did. I thought he was not calling as much and the things that seemed obvious he had to call. I, I think he was letting them play, but there was one point in time where Brant Bronico got dragged, dragged down by what I can only describe as a pro wrestling maneuver on a breakaway (laughs) in just the most obvious, no intent to play the ball. I am only playing the man. It's a breakaway. And because the ball, you know, squirted out, oh, that sounds weird, but because the ball popped out to a Charlotte FC player, referee let play go. I'm totally fine with you playing advantage there, but you need to go back and yellow card that player, right? He got away with what was a absolute dead stone in the books, yellow card offense, just because Charlotte got an extra four seconds of play that amounted to nothing. Right. Whereas... A little bit later on, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Burn. No, Burn didn't get a yellow in this one. Um, a little bit later on in the the play, we see a, a Charlotte FC player do the same thing in a less egregious manner, and immediately he pulls the yellow card out of the books. And my frustrations with the refereeing, you know, in, in this game, I don't think the referee gave us anything or took anything away from us. I don't think he was, uh, I don't think he affected the outcome of the game. But I do think that if, if we as a, as a fan base come together and we say, Hey, even though this thing went against us, it was the right call. And we encourage that sort of thing. And then, then maybe when we call them out on the stuff that they're doing terribly, the league as a whole is a bit more inclined to listen. And Part of the reason I say this is Charlotte has a massive fan base. We have one of the best fan bases in MLS. I mean, Nick, can you think of a fan base that shows up more reliably or more regularly than Charlotte? 
No, I mean, and just also thinking of podcasts too. If you check the the podcast stat, I think five or six of the podcasts end up in the top 100 in the whole U.S. Like it's yeah. dedicated fan base that that is invested and listens and is in tune with what's going on. So, so we, the fans of Charlotte FC, I, I, I do think that we are going to have some impact in the long-term health of the MLS's refereeing situation. And that doesn't mean it's going to affect it now, but it does mean that now is where we start the base. Now that I've said all that, I'm going to wave it all away because you know I hate talking about referees, which is why I decided to spend 15 minutes doing it. And <laughs> I will go into, uh, is it my crown? At this it's your time? crown. It's, yeah. It's my crown. Your crown. Oh, gosh. I should have taken the first crown because then you would have had the, the tough decisions. My crown is... I am legally obligated to give my crown to Kerwin Vargas. Uh, Kerwin was sp spicy. When you have a player on the wing like that, when you know the wing is going to be a, a place where uh, danger can come from, that it was going to be vacated, both of these teams were going to give up their wings, you have to have somebody out there who's going to go back themselves, who's going to go try some things, and sometimes they won't work, sometimes they will work. Kerwin made some things work today. He missed a few things. Uh, he scuffed a few shots that I think he could have hit better. He took a shot that I think he, you know, could have picked his head up and passed off. But he went out there to make a difference. And in the end, he made a difference. Uh, he struck a ball very well. I think if you're a Miami fan, you were yelling at your keeper for not saving that. But he struck his goal very well. Uh, it's not an easy shot to hit coming across your body like that. And I think he deserves to be called out for what was a big performance from him. Thoughts on Kerwin? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I felt like he, just watching him, you know how I love to watch them in, in pre-match and kind of see how their vibe is. And you could tell his, ener his energy was up just from the time he entered the stadium to just his practice. So I, I felt like he had that extra vibe in. But I think his performance, what he was able to do, like you said, he just, he went for it. Like, he took the shots, you know, mm -hmm. and it wasn't like, you know, a lot of times we criticize Kerwin because of his passing, but I think he may be like Enzo, let the game come to him, and it was like he took the spots. And, you know, a couple of times he tried to do some dribbling through, but he didn't, he didn't try to take more than what was given to him. And... I think he, he took those opportunities, and that's why we saw better play from him. Yeah, it was a really good shot from him. I'm going to – do you have another crown? Because I think there are at least two more people who deserve it. Do you have another one written down? Uh, I don't. I was focusing on Enzo just because I felt like uh, he, he had that kind of complete game. But, I mean, I, there could be if, some others. If I, if I grab one more, do you think you could come up with another yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. You go. There are there are two other people I think deserve to get acknowledged. And if one of them doesn't, I can call that a sad fact. But to both of them not getting acknowledged is a travesty. Um, I'm going to talk Breck Diagata. Okay. He was the most dangerous player in this game for Charlotte FC. And I understand he came off at whatever time he came off because he was exhausted. I understand that, you know, there was probably a game plan coming in that said Brecht is going to be in the middle. He hasn't played there for us yet in that sort of isolated role of a 10. 
Mm-hmm. We don't know whether he's not he's got the time in the le- in his legs, and we have Carol Schroderski who's going to want to come on and play. So I can understand Latanzio saying, "You're going to get 60. Carol's going to get 30. Carol will come on against tired defenders and go make stuff happen," which he almost did. By the mm-hmm. way, I I think Brecht was outstanding, and it's we've talked about Brecht being a key, and if you find the right keyhole, Brecht just makes things look easy. And when he gets to travel into the into that interior 10 position, he makes the game look easy. He makes Charlotte look better. And he was, if he wasn't our most dangerous player, I am excited to hear the argument for who people think was more dangerous because he looks like he can take Charlotte to the next level. That's what he wanted. One of the things I was impressed about with him was that his ability on defense. Um, I felt like he was seeing the the pathways of their passing. And especially, like, I think he set the tone of that second half for that early goal because he stole two balls. He was able to dribble to that space to make Miami have to shift how they're going to play, and that opened things up. And that's how we got the ball down to the other side for, um, well, actually, he he sent it to Yuzwiak uh, and Yuzwiak send it over. And then the other one where he had his own opportunity. I mean, mm-hmm. he's probably, you know, wishing he had that one back because that, that could have been a goal if he hit it right. Yep. But yeah, I, I felt like that his, his ability to take the ball off the dribble and see that space and create something from not from nothing, but really to just create a scenario where the other team has to figure out how are we going to defend this? Because he's done something to put them in a position where somebody has to make a decision and that would open up something for our players. All right. Uh, would you, do you have one more that you can, you can pull up? Uh, I can, I can give you a recommendation if you'd like. Oh, I mean, I would say I, I felt like Kalina did, uh, you know, yeah. I, I would give him a crown just because, he was put in some tough spots, especially when we went up to one and we decided to keep on pulling that lineup, but nobody was tracking back or it didn't seem like they were. And so he had those one-on-ones. Um, he was playing high enough up so he didn't have to race out there. So that, that closed the gap and that helped him, you know, kick saves. I just felt like, you know, he was trying to, to will or motivate us to be like, all right, we got to keep this lead, you know? Um, and you know his, his his footwork was also pretty good tonight too. I didn't. I, I don't know if I counted any balls that he just whiffed. Uh, you found the one I would have said. You found the yeah. other one. I'm and I'm really glad because <laughs> I think he deserves to get called out. Uh, this game is like five nil. If if we have I I can't remember his name off the top of his head. Do you know the Miami keeper's name off the top of his head? Off the top of your head? Oh, why am I forgetting? Um... It's not critical information. If we had the Miami <laughs> keeper in our in our goal, this is this is a four goal against us game. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 really is. It's as simple as that. Christian Kalina has so many times now just picked this team up and carried the whole team on their back. The one of the only reasons we have the results we have, which aren't outstanding, uh, is Christian Kalina making just absolutely ridiculous saves. And he's not a perfect keeper by any means. His distribution is not good. 
I will not lie to anybody. His ability to pick a target out who is halfway down the field is, <clears throat> I would I would use the term random at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, I think he, tonight he was just like, we need to get it out of here. Let's just yeah. He was he was just booting it. Yeah. And and I think he was facing a very effective trigger press. You know, you were talking about the fact that they were pressing very effectively in bursts. I think he was facing a very good press tonight. I think they pressed us pretty well, mm-hmm. but. Uh, his willingness to come out of goal probably keeps Milanda on the pitch in this one. Right. Yeah. His his uh, ability to learn to play a little bit higher up saves us three or four times of balls that I thought were going to be very dangerous. You know, could he be a little stronger on claiming some crosses? Maybe. But his individual brilliance was special tonight, and I think it deserves to get called out. Yeah. And the goalie for Miami is Drake Callender. And I felt like, just quickly, I don't, you know, I, I always like to, to think about some play on the other team too. And I felt like his positioning saved a lot of goals. He didn't have outstanding necessarily saves, but he was in the right spot. And he, you know, watching Miami over times, he tends to be in that right position most of the time. So that's why it makes it look like the saves are easy, but he's just in the spot he needs to be. And that's where he was tonight. Otherwise, we would have four goals. Goalkeeping is becoming a preventative game. I mean, it really is. It's it's the goalkeeping has gone from being a a uh, a maintenance that you have to do because something broke to a preventative maintenance on a schedule in football. And mm-hmm. other leagues in the world have pioneered this and are further down the road, but it's coming to the MLS. The future of keepers is people who who snuff danger out before it lights, mm-hmm. not once it's already on fire. And so Kalina is of an older school. I mean, there's no denying that, but wow. He, his ability to save a one-on-one just blows my mind. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we will go ahead and well, no, we're not going to, we're not going to go ahead. We're going to do final thoughts from you, Nick. All right. Final thoughts. Uh, gosh. Maybe, maybe we should go back to where we were at the beginning. Super frustrated. Losing points, 84th, 85th minute. Again, there's got to be a learning curve on this. I don't know if it if it takes over the entire summer or the you know, entire break, the winter break, and this team comes back and, and we, we see a new team that doesn't do that. Maybe it's just hooked on to this year and we forget about it. But yeah, just, just losing those things. Like you said, Charlotte being Charlotte, I'm not going to, say that just because i feel like we all know they're 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 trying their best and you know circumstances happen and you know they're trying to clean up stuff and they're they're told and they're they're looking at the film they're probably assessing what they did but um yeah just the golden opportunity without a messy on the field playing an away game having the lead last 10 minutes you got to seal it up. You got to figure out a way, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's my, my closing. And I know you said this all year, you know, with all of these times, like how disappointing and how, you know, they're kind of wrote, pulling your chain every time. And um, it just, it really hurts this late because it mattered now. Like the other ones, yeah, they matter too. But like this one, you know, it came to an end here and like, this is, you know, there's still hope. And I know there's lots of situations, 
um, that we have to, which are good situations. They're not bad ones. And I don't know if you're going to talk about um, the, the situations that Charlotte has themselves in um, should they win and depending on other teams. But those other teams are facing playoff contenders that are trying to move up spots. So there's a good chance they could lose. Uh, I think that's that's excellent. My final thoughts are, are going to be this, and this is very challenging because I want to be negative right now. Um, my final thoughts are going to be you have to have the memory of a goldfish. The truth is professional athletes lose games. Professional sports teams lose games. And I may personally not necessarily believe right now that Charlotte FC deserves the playoffs. Uh, you know, if we... If we win our next match, I think we will have bettered our last season total by one point. I think mm-hmm. we had 42 last season, and we could theoretically get to 43. Right. Uh, if we tie a match, we'll be one worse than last season. And obviously, if we lose, we'll be two worse. I don't necessarily think we deserve to be in playoffs right now, but we have the opportunity. And yeah. there's a lot of times in life, one of the best things I've ever been taught is uh, life is like golf. And if you if you've ever played golf, this will make a lot of sense to you. If not, I hope I hope you can follow along. Uh, you you get good breaks from bad shots, and you get bad breaks from good shots. But you've always got to play it where it lies. And right now, Charlotte FC has kind of gotten some really good breaks from some pretty bad shots. Mm-hmm. And where the ball lies is we have the chance to go into the bank with our fans in our home for the final game of the season and go try and make playoffs. So, uh, you know, short memory, we go again. And let's go. Let's all go cheer on this team on Saturday. Right. What else can you ask for, right? <laughs> well, I mean. Rel- relevant I, I w- I would... until the end of the year. You know, it's exciting. <laughs> it and- is. It is tough at the same time you know one thing i can be thankful for is we we still have something to play for right like for some teams you're out of stuff to play for with 10 games left on the schedule uh so no matter how it's come to be we still have something to play for and i might have just talked myself into positivity which that would be a first uh so on that somewhat awkward note uh if you have decided to spend your time with us thank you so much we love you. And thank you to Nick from the CLTFC podcast. Thanks, Logan. Uh, we uh, will first and foremost, if you'd like to find us online, you can find us on Instagram at the underscore crown underscore cast on Twitter at the underscore crown cast. And that's it. There's not no normal Wednesday podcast this week. We're going to talk to you again for a post react after the hopefully not final game of the season. Goodbye. Oh, wait, oh. wait Logan. I got to ask you a question because I just thought of this. Do you think Melanda comes back and plays the best game he's ever played? Oh. Is he that type bo- of player? Bo- bonus bonus content after after the episode. It just um, came to me. I'm like, is Melanda that type of player that sees I really I I think Melanda has bounced back. He's had a few not great games in the past, not nothing like this. I mean, mm-hmm. this was this was a stinker. But uh, but he has tended to bounce back pretty strong. Oh boy, that it's a big ask though to expect a player to play like that and just bounce back when instead of looking at the players he was looking at today, he's going to be looking at 
Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. it's it's just a different question. So I, I don't have a good answer for you. I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up there. We will talk to you after we go and take our next three points from Miami at the bank. Goodbye. Queen City Podcast Network.com.